Hey church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. What a precious gift to be able to be in the presence of God. Amen? The presence of God is rich. And so I'm going to just teach us for a few moments. Um, our God is really good, yeah? Come on, our God is really good, yeah? Come on, how good is our God? We have to, church. We have to have a massively big theology of how good our God is. Come on, we have to believe that he's good regardless of what we're experiencing and seeing. He's really, really good to us. He's really good to his people. He's a gracious and kind God, and so um, I just thank him for that today. So I wanna preach real quick a message entitled um, Daily Troubles, Daily Bread. Daily Troubles, Daily Bread. So I'm gonna read a couple passages of scriptures. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew 6. Go ahead over to Matthew 6. I'm gonna read just a handful of scripture verse and then just, just give some, some, some points here to help us be encouraged as we continue through this day of fasting and praying. I love the presence of God because in the presence of God, that is where I get fed. The presence of God is the place where I get fed more than anywhere else by anything else. It's the presence of God. As I've been following Jesus and, and, and trying to be, be that, that close follower, disciple to him, I have come to realize that the place that I get fed the most and strengthened the most is in his presence. Nothing else touches what his presence does for my life. I mentioned last week that because of Jesus, we get access straight to the throne room of grace. As, as believers, as followers, as disciples, as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, our position is to be one in the throne room into the position where the holies of holies are. That is our access. Do you guys know that and believe that? Like that, do you believe that? Like our position is one not of broken, not of unwhole, but of direct access into the throne room of grace to receive our identity as whole, as pure, as sons and daughters of the king. It happens when we engage in his presence. I've come to realize that the times in my life where I have lacked in walking in my identity is because I have lacked in, I have had a lack of time of engaging in his presence. That actually when I get into his presence, I get a feeding and a nourishment and a strengthening and a reminding of who I am today. His presence is where we get fed. And so Jesus teaches us how to engage with his presence. In Matthew 6, there as he's teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, he, he gives an instruction of how to pray. Now, now, we all have heard the Lord's Prayer at some time in our life. We have all maybe said it. We've maybe prayed it. We've maybe said it before a sports game. We've maybe done whatever this thing might be. But, but this is much more than a bunch of phrases. When Jesus taught this and he said this, it was actually an access key into the presence of God. I believe that more than ever. And I want to teach just a few words that he shares there that I think have been resonating in my spirit 
over the last couple months, the idea of when Jesus talks about receiving daily bread. Okay, so Matthew 6, verses 7 through 13, it says this. And when you pray, hello, he doesn't say if you choose, he's instructing his believers to pray. You with me? The life of a believer should be one of great prayer and intercession with the Father. That's why a prayer room shouldn't be weird. That's why having, having a prayer room shouldn't be this awkward thing. Because he's telling us, when you pray, pray like this. Do not keep on babbling like the pagans. Now hear me, Jesus is not against long prayers and lengthy prayers. He's not against any of that. But when the heart's not connected to what you're saying, he's, he's not with that. When you're just saying stuff because it's good jargon or you heard someone else say it, he's, he's all about desperate prayers, desperate adoration. So he's saying, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. How many are thankful for that? He knows what I need even before I open up my mouth. This, then, is how you should pray. Our father, our father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Matthew 6, if you keep going down to verse 25, and then I'm gonna jump to 31 through 34, it says this, therefore, Jesus continues right after teaching on this prayer, I tell you, do not worry about your life. I'm just a worried person. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? In verse 31, he says this, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Once again, he knows what you need more than you know what you need. He's that good. But this is crucial, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And verse 34 has struck me so many times over the last couple months. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And then Jesus says in John 6, verse 35, he says this, he declares this. He says, I am the bread of life. So Jesus is teaching, give us today our daily bread. And Jesus then says in John's gospel account, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is answering what he's saying there in Matthew's account of how to pray. He's saying, listen, when you pray this prayer, give us today our daily bread, what you're actually saying is, Jesus, I need you. It's really a simple gospel, y'all. It's simply saying, okay, I need you. Life is life, y'all. Life is going to happen to every single one of us. There is no exemption from life in life's challenges, life's facings. Life is going to continue to happen. But in life, as a son and daughter, we actually have the access to have the daily bread for the daily troubles we are going 
to face. We have a guy. Anybody ever have, any of you have a guy for anything in life? Now my friends are gonna laugh. Rachel, she's in this room, she's gonna laugh. Um, I have an inherent gift of having a guy for everything. It's true, if you know me, I always have a guy for something. Like if you need a, a piece of jewelry for an engagement, I have a guy. It's actually a girl, a woman, but I, you know what I'm saying. If you need your car fixed, I got you. If you need food options, I got you. I have a guy for most troubles of my life. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful that when those troubles come, I don't have to wait very long to get on the phone with my guy. Because I got a guy. We have a guy. We have a king. We have a savior. We have a redeemer. We have a restorer. We have a strong tower. We have our refuge in times of trouble. We have the prince of peace. We have our king. We have our king, church. We have the one that has said, if you will come to me, if you will feast upon me, if you will drink in from me, you will have everything you need for today. And somehow we look at the troubles, we look at life, and we say we're not able to continue to carry on instead of looking at the one that is our guy that has everything we need going, you're gonna fill me with everything I need because the troubles ahead, you've already spoken to me about. See, in the presence of God, I'm not, a, I'm not one, well, maybe I am today because I'm about to make this statement, um, but people have said, like, so should I pray in the morning? And I'm like, yeah, it's a really good thing. But, but pray throughout the day. It's really good. Engage with God. But more than ever, I'm convinced that your fir- first fruits of your day matter. The very first fruits of your day matter. That when you wake up from your day, the very first thing you need, I need to do is to engage with God. Like, I'm, I'm convinced. It's not legalism. It's not if you don't, you're not saved. It's none of that. But I've come to realize that life is life. And life is going to happen fast. And when life happens fast, if I don't get equipped in the presence of God, if I don't get engaged with the one that is everything I just declared, the day's troubles ahead are gonna be a lot more difficult than if I was with him early on to receive daily bread for him. So maybe that's an encouragement in the Lord to wake up and get with God. Here's Here's something, set your alarms earlier. Don't wake, stay up and watch Netflix. Like, this isn't difficult. It's not condemnation. I'm guilty. Engage with God in the morning because it says when you pray, ask him to give you daily bread. It's saying, God, I need the bread for this morning because the day ahead, it's going to throw so much at me, but I'm not going to shrink back, fall back, get depressed, get anxiety filled, get worried filled because you've given me the daily bread for what's that this day. Daily troubles, there's daily bread for it. He says, I am the bread of life. You will not be thirsty. You will not be hungry because you will be satisfied in me. This does not negate problems. This does not negate things that are happening. Hear me. You know, the life of a believer is one that stands firm in the midst of the storm. That's it. And so he says, listen, I am the bread. Ask for me, let me give you a meal that will be so satisfactory and nourishing that you will not need another meal. We experience this while we fast because we're giving up the substance to feast on him. 
And in fasting, you actually get an awareness even more of the goodness of God and what he wants to do for us in our days. Yes? Like, like if I just ate ice cream and frosted flakes every morning, because I want to. Anybody else? Like, I would love a good scoop of ice cream in the morning just to start the day off strong. And a bowl of frosted flakes. Maybe Cinnamon Toast Crunch in Jesus' name. Come on, some of you are like, ooh, and we're fasting. <laughs> when I, if I were to wake up every day and do that, I'd be trashed by 9 a.m. You'd be finding me under a desk sleeping, yes? You'd be finding me in wherever I'm working, going just night-night, done, see you tomorrow. It's not good for us to be feasting on stuff that is, is the same thing, speaking in the spiritual context, that is just going to make us crash by 9 a.m. So if you're waking up and you're feeding your soul with Instagram, you're going to set yourself up for a really depressed day. If you're reading the Twitter feed, you've already set yourself up for a really crappy day. But if you've gotten into the presence of God and you've eaten a nourishment because you're seated with him at the table, your life gets filled with the goodness of God. So we have to be a people that encounter God in his presence. We have to take what he says to us in those encounters then because it's, it's one thing just to hear God's word, to receive God's word, but it's another thing to actually walk in it. See, knowledge is not just having head knowledge. You with me? Knowledge is actually walking out the word of God that's been spoken to us. That's how you experience God. You with me? Okay, let me give you an example. So, so we're, we're, uh, Rachel and I are gonna be, be heading out for a few days and, and this is the first time that both of us together are leaving our little ones. Like, like now that we have two. And mom and dad, I know you're gonna be great people. We won't call the cops on you this time. That's another story, another time. Bless. Pray for my, my <laughs> Oh, that was, that, yep, that was awesome. Um, you guys are like, what? Rachel and I called the cops on Rachel's parents because we couldn't get a hold of them one time. They were watching Titus. That's the end of the story. Bless them and keep them in Jesus' name. <laughs> daily bread, daily troubles. I was not receiving the bread that day. But, the, you know, and the other day, Rach, Rach said something to me. And I was like, oh, don't even think that thought. That's a bad thought. And then I went and sat by myself, and that thought came into my life. An irrational fear of, like, my kids are not going to be safe. Because that's irrational. That's not kingdom. Listen, listen, like, no, so I, I was like, okay, hold on a second. That voice, that's not the Father's voice. That word is not the word that God has declared over my children. That word is not the word that God has spoken to me. And so I had to say this. Be anxious about nothing, JP. Come on, you know it's good to talk to your own soul sometimes. Jay, shut it. Be anxious about nothing, but right now in prayer and petitions, I'm gonna present my kids to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, so I'm giving up the right to understand, is gonna, right? So I had to take the word of God and I actually had to apply it and walk in it. I walked out of that moment with the Lord like, no, they'll be good, they'll be good, they'll be safe. You with me? Daily bread. Daily troubles. Okay, so three things. Because I really, why are we teaching this? Because the presence of God, you get fed. In the presence of God, you should hunger and thirst for his word. This is not a book just to be put on your, like, what do you call it, coffee table? Like it, collecting dust? 
This is living. This is breathing. When this thing opens up, it breathes, it sharpens, it corrects, it moves. And so when you go in and you say, Lord, I need daily bread today because there's some troubles today, it's, your word says, stop worrying about tomorrow, focus on today. Today has enough troubles of its own. I need your bread. Give me your bread. Hello? Here's the reality though. Couple things. First thing, you can't eat others' daily bread. Now this is a corporate prayer. Now as together we pray this prayer, like yes, we pray together, but God is also a God where we've, we've, we've pushed this pendulum really far, but, but it's still true of him. He is an individual uh, specific God. I believe that, does that make sense? He is very concerned about you. He's madly in love with you. That's why I always declare and remind myself, he knows every hair on this head. He formed me together perfectly. That is not just something I say, I believe that because I remind myself that he is very much about me. I'm JP, the one he loves the most. You can say that too. I'll give you that for free. But you cannot, we cannot be people that feast off of others' daily bread and expect it to be the answers for the problems that we're gonna face that day. This is true, y'all. Like what, what, what Nick gets ministered to or what Christopher gets ministered to or, or any, like what you guys receive in the presence of God is specifically for you in your day. Now hear me, I can encourage people, I can remind people of what the Lord's teaching me, I can share in what the Lord's been speaking to me and what that does for me when I receive it from others, it builds me up, right? It encourages me, it strengthens me, but there are very specific things that the Lord wants to give me, his daily bread that Jesus wants to minister to my soul that's only for me for that day. The troubles I face will be different from the troubles you face. The trials I face will be different from the trials you face. The stuff you're, you with me? Is this, like, like I cannot, we cannot be a people that are just living off of other people's testimonies. Testimonies are great. We have so many that we could share and we believe in them, right? Like thank the Lord that he's moving. But the same testimony he does for one, he wants to do for another. That's a good word, I know. What he's done for one, how he's healed one, he wants to heal another. How he's given nourishment here, he wants to do it for me. So you know what it makes me do? I have to posture myself in his presence to go, Lord, I need the word from you today. I cannot be a sermon junkie. I'll take a drink. During COVID, we, we saw more, sur I mean, we had to go online, hello? But I've heard more times than not when someone's walked up to me and said, Pastor, I heard this incredible sermon. I'm like, was it mine? They're like. <laughs> Build myself up in the Lord. And I'm like, cool, so what'd you do with it? We gotta stop being sermon junkies. Like, listen, the word, the edification of the body, in the body, the word, it's, we're doing it right now. But now you have to go through your Mondays through Saturdays and go live this thing out. If you read the same word I just read, Matthew 6, throughout the weeks, great, the Lord will use it. But you gotta nourish your own self in the Lord. 
I don't know why I'm talking about this. Maybe I'm passionate. Like, you have to. We have to be a people that self-serve. Listen, if we are seated at his banqueting table, it's not good enough for, just to, for us to smell the food. No, that smells good. Right? We need to take the food, put it on our plate, and eat it, digest it. Let, us, let it minister to us. Let the word cut us. Let the word transform us. I cannot get it from someone else's experiences. We have to be people that are passionate about the bread of life for our own lives. Because there's daily troubles for each one of you. But there's a daily solution that he wants to give you. Can I, can I say this? Like, I've said this to people, like, that's not true. And I'm like, test it. Try it out. This word will speak to every problem. No, no, he won't. It doesn't say who I should marry in there. Oh, I, yeah, it doesn't say a name. Like, you can pull some names out of there, Rebecca, Esther. Like, if you, you're like, oh, God, I've been praying for a wife, and I met Esther. This is the word of the Lord. Like, sure, sure. But there's principles in there. There's truth in there about what I should look for. It's a good word. Okay, can't have daily bread from others. It's super late. Bruce, will you, will you come up, sir? And Quinn? So you can't eat off of other people's bread. Here's the other thing. When it comes to daily bread and daily troubles, daily bread is substance for today's troubles. Okay? Yesterday's bread and tomorrow's bread is spoiled. Yesterday's bread and tomorrow's bread, it's rotten. Now listen, I get empowered off of all my experience. I look back on the faithfulness of God. He's been faithful, yes? That's why you, you should look back. You should declare. You should remind yourself. Can I tell you something? If you're in despair, write down all the things that God has been faithful, where he's been faithful to you over the last 10 It will build your faith. I did that recently, Rach. I went and looked at our, our testimonial like, document that we have for the years that God has been faithful here. It built my faith. But all the miracles, all the wonders, all the signs, everything he's done in the past, today he's got something else for me. Today he's got something fresh for me. So I can't take yesterday's bread and be like, it's gonna sustain me for today. No, I need daily bread today. Because that stuff, it's great. Tomorrow's not here yet. And Jesus says, y'all, can you stop worrying about tomorrow? Can you like stop it? <laughs> can you cut it? I've come to the point now, and this has been happening over the last couple weeks, I don't look at my calendar for tomorrow until right before I go to bed. Why? Because if I start looking at everything I gotta do tomorrow, it overwhelms me. Goodness gracious. I get, I get like, ah! And I miss out what he has for me today. You, you with me? So if I'm sitting in the time with him in his presence, focused on all the things I gotta do tomorrow and not asking him to feed me for today, I'm gonna miss out on the nourishment for what I have today. The troubles for today are big enough. But he's got a solution for you to receive for it. Is this a good word? I think it's great. Okay, practical example. I know we're almost done. Um, this was a couple weeks ago, and I woke up on a Sunday morning, and um, I just sensed the Lord say, go to Romans 12. So I opened up my Bible on my phone. I was laying in, laying in bed, grabbed my cup of coffee, went back into bed, and the Lord said, open up to Romans 12. If I can get to Romans, I'm going to open up to Romans 12. And so I began reading Romans 12, and I read the first two verses, 
be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? And I was like, yes, Lord, this is a good word for me today. I received this daily bread. And, he, and I sensed the Spirit say, keep reading. Anybody ever been there? I was like, okay, I'll, I'll keep reading. So, okay, I won't be conformed. Okay, for, I'll, I'll go into the gifts of grace, right? Talking about the members of body, teaching. Pre- okay, this is a good word. And he said, keep reading. I was like, okay. <laughs> this, is how, this is how I... And he said, and then I went to verse nine. I was like, oh, this has been great because we've been talking about this in the church and in team time. This, this is a good, it's encouraged me in the Lord, right? Let your love be genuine and pour what is evil. Hold on to fast what is good. He said, keep reading. And then all, all the way down to verse 15. And it says this, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. And he said, stop. I said, well, that doesn't, what are you trying to, What's happening? You want us to rejoice with those that rejoice. You want me to weep with those that weep. Okay, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? This is how you should engage with God in his presence. What, why, why, why that? Why that scripture verse? Rejoice. So I'm just praying, I'm meditating, right? It's good to meditate on the word of God. All right, Lord, I wanna rejoice when those are rejoicing. I wanna party with those that are partying. I wanna celebrate when people are celebrating. But Lord, I wanna... Okay, do I not do a good job of mourning with those that mourned? Do I need that help? Yeah, Holy Spirit, can I have help with that? So I took that moment, closed my Bible, got up, started getting ready for the day to come here, and I got a text. And it was a text that I was, I was, whoa. It was, an, it was, it was, it was a family that we know, a dear family, that, that said to me that their brother had just passed away the night before. Immediately, rejoice with those that rejoice, mourn with those that mourn. I said, talk to Rach, we we figured it out. Okay, so I said, hey, can I come? So I went over to the family's home. Pastor Nick was with me and I said, listen, we're gonna walk in here and we're gonna bring the presence of God with us. We're not gonna say a word. We don't have to give answers. I don't have to tell them why this happened. Can we stop Christians trying to give all the answers? I said, I don't have to do any of that. I need to walk in. I need to mourn with those that mourn. So we walked in and I was equipped for the troubles that I was gonna face that day by the word of God being my daily bread. Are you with me? This is not just some, this happens, this unfolds. We mourned. And we continued to mourn and we cried with them and lifted them up in the presence of God has just carried them. But the scripture said, I, I didn't get prepared to have a word in season. No, he said, mourn with those that mourn, Jeff. See, that was my trouble for that day. That thing stayed with me all day long in the days ahead. But the word was, I'm with you. You with me, church? Okay, the last thing is this. We need the daily bread because the daily bread is full of hope. It's a good place to say amen. Daily bread's full of hope. What does it mean to be full of hope? Well, culture screwed up the word hope so bad. We hope that the Bears win a game this year. We hope that this happens. We hope that we get this job. We hope that I get this relationship. We hope that I get this new car. We hope, and so many things. It's not really true of what hope really means. Hope in the Greek defined as like this, joyful anticipation of good, properly expectation of what is sure, 
That's what hope means. So hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is a confidence that when I get into the presence of God and I receive his daily bread from my life, I have a confidence that what he has said to me is good. (laughs) See how this works? So that when I live my life, this is why joy should be a flowing out of every believer. Because if we received bread that's full of hope, then what happens in our hearts? We get filled with joy. Because if I actually get filled with hope, does this make sense? I get filled with hope, I actually live out a life full of joy. I don't fall into, see this is why I know I'm convinced that what I, when I experienced that depression for that time and that, that really dark place in my life, I was sowing all the wrong things in my life, I'll just say that. I wasn't sowing his words of hope. When you sow daily bread in your life, you get the words and the nourishment of the hope of God and the hope and the goodness of God. You can face the troubles with hope, with an expectation that he's going to move, with an expectation that when you pray, he's gonna move on behalf of it, with an expectation in the hope and the goodness and the, uh, uh, the testimony of Jesus that you with me, that you, when you pray and believe and walk that God is good, you walk in hope. You can build yourself up in hope. We were talking about that last night with some friends. You can build yourself up in hope. You know how? Receive the bread. Hopelessness is not the portion for a believer. Can I tell you, that's a good place. Let me say it again, because we'll we'll try that again. I'll, I'll talk to this side. Hopelessness is not the portion for the life of a believer. Hope is the portion. Hope is what we should be walking in. The hope of Jesus, the hope of what his word has said will come to pass. I'm gonna feast on the word of God. And as I feast on the word of God, not to just get a bunch of head knowledge, not to be a theologian, which is not bad, it's all good stuff, but to actually receive the nourishment, the strengthening, there's hope that rises up in me. Daily bread for your troubles, it'll be full of hope. This is good, guys, I promise you. This is really good. It'll transform stuff. So he wants to give us daily bread. In his presence, he wants to give you daily bread. In his presence, he wants hope to rise up. You're seated with him at his table. Feast on his word. Meditate on his law day and night, night and day. Yeah? And watch as the troubles of today, they'll come. They'll come. But they won't have to affect. They won't have to startle. They won't have to rattle. You with me? Because I've eaten the bread that's gonna sustain me. I haven't feasted on ice cream and frosted flakes. I feasted on the goodness of God. And I will surely see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I will surely see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I will surely see the goodness of God in the land of Chicago. I will surely see the goodness of God on Racine Avenue. I will surely see the goodness of God in my home. I will surely see the goodness of God in their home. I will surely see the goodness of God in the land of the living.